Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Everybody's Got a Seed to Sow. i got to say that ten times fast, right? Everybody's Got a Seed to Sow. Mark 4, 1 to 20, we're finishing up the passage today. We showed at the beginning of the Michael W. Smith video and the five-minute countdown, and it's really from his video and his song, this, this title. If you've never seen that, Google it or listen. It's a great song. But we're, we've been talking about the parable of the sower, and it reminds me kind of my, my farm visits. Next month, I'm going to be taking seven of the kids to the farm to visit for the fall. We love to go in the fall. And one of the favorite parts about going in the fall is my parents saved the pumpkin patch for me and the kids. It, because that was always my favorite thing as a kid, when we picked the pumpkins and the squash are all mixed in there too and other things, but it was really the pumpkin patch. So the kids get so excited, we go to the pumpkin patch, and they go out there and they're all, some, of the, some of the bigger ones look for the biggest pumpkin and they want to bring the biggest pumpkin in. The little ones, D, will probably say, oh, this is a little cute one. They bring the little cute pumpkins and they all, they all pick out their own special pumpkins. Some like them, the flat ones and some like the weird ones. And, well, they all love their different pumpkins. Sometimes they drop them, you know, they drop them, they break them, and, or some are rotten, you turn them over and the mice have dug holes in and they're rotten. So we, we take those pumpkins and well, we used to throw them into the, the chicken coop, let the chickens eat them. But I don't know what we're going to do because the fox ate all the chickens. But that's another story. But anyway, I'm going to tell that part. So my, my, when I was a kid, my mom protected the chickens. But the, 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 the chickens, a fox, mother fox got into the chicken coop and started cleaning them out. And, and, and my, my mom let the fox keep, I said, my mom, why don't you shoot it, you know, have me go get my dad or something, shoot my brother, shoot the fox, oh, it's a mother, and it has babies, I think it's baby time, and it's a mother, and, and, and the la- she let this fox take chicken after chicken, and it finally got down to one chicken left, and she saw it take the last chicken, this fox was so tame by now, it was free food, right, and my mom ran out with a broom, and she's like, stop, 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 and, but she, she was carrying the chicken away, and, and, and we don't have any more chickens left, Chucky, you know, and so, uh, but, but I go, but mom, why didn't you just take the chicken away? You were right next to it. Don't let the fox. You know, I felt sorry for the the baby fox. I felt sorry for the fox. It was hungry. Well, how about the chicken? You know, you know, you feel sorry for the chicken. But that's why we don't have any more chickens. But that's a whole other story, which which I told anyway. But anyway, we're out there. We're out there with these squash, and sometimes we'll make a relay if there's a lot of them. The squash and the, the pumpkins, and we're handing them, picking them, and handing them all the way up to the wagon. We load this wagon up, and I get on the tractor with one of the kids, and we drive the tractor back to the house. And we have an old smokehouse where they used to smoke the meats. We put all the pumpkins around them, take pictures, get the video. My parents come out, and they're all excited. And the kids are excited, and they say, "Mama and Papa, look what we did!" And there's all these pumpkins, right? Well, really, we didn't do anything, right? We did nothing. My parents like they, they, you know, my parents did all the hard work. They spent months getting these pumpkins and squash to grow and plowed and planted and manure and weeded and and we they they did all the work. My parents are happy for the kids, but but really they did all the work. But the kids are like, what we do? We didn't do anything. The real hard work was done by my parents. We just get to enjoy it, and we're going to see the same thing in God's word today. We're going to see the same thing spiritually the same kind of picture here we spent the last four weeks looking at the parable of the sower and the soil so 
the, we spent the, the last four weeks on the parable of the sower. If you weren't here, get the CDs, get the podcasts. You can follow along on that. But we saw that Jesus is the sower. We saw that he's sowing the seed, which is God's word. That's the seed. And we looked at four different kinds of dirt, which represents the different kinds of heart that we have. We looked at the hard heart, which is no faith. We looked at the rocky heart, which is shallow faith. We looked at the thorny uh, the thorny heart, which is the strangled faith. And then we looked at the good soil, which is the good heart, which is the fruitful faith. Once again, if you haven't been here, get to see these. They all build on each other. But we come to one last critical lesson because there's a mystery person in this parable that I bet most of you never saw before. We pay so much attention to the four soils and the sower seed. Sometimes we miss the mystery person, the very important person in this parable. Before we get to that, let me open in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for your word. We pray that your spirit would speak to our hearts now. We pray for your mercy and grace and your spirit to speak to our hearts through your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read the passage here. Mark 4, 13 to 20. Does this sound familiar? Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness, the wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. So we see, we've talked about this, the farmer sows the word. That's Jesus. He's sowing the word of God. Right? That's the seed. But here's the thing. Jesus isn't here in the flesh anymore. He's not here anymore. He's here in the spirit, obviously, but he's not here in the flesh anymore. After the resurrection, 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. Guess what that means for us? Well, let's look at Acts chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And in Acts 1, verses 8 and 9, it says this. This is what Jesus says just before he goes. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Did anybody catch the mystery person now from the parable of the sower? You. (laughs) It's us. We're the mystery person. We, We are that person. We are the sowers now. It's our job now. Jesus is no longer here in the flesh. He's here in the spirit. He's in us. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the moment you said, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I repent of that sin. I put my faith in your son, Jesus. I give my life to him. The moment you do that, the spirit of Christ comes inside of us, inside of us, and we become the sower. It's our job. And we're all called to be the sowers, every one of us. It's not the pastor's job. Right? Not just my job. It's not just an evangelist job, Chuck Harrison. It's not just the Chuck Harrisons of the church. It's every person's job, all of us. In fact, 
our joy and our blessings as believers is connected to whether we do this sowing. Did you know that? It's connected. Philemon 1.6. Philemon 1.6. You probably didn't even know that was a book of the Bible, some of you. But he says this in here. He says, Paul says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Did you catch that? I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Our understanding of every good thing we have in Christ is connected with whether we're active in sharing our faith. It's connected to the joy. It's connected to the, the blessings that we get. That's why you probably saw that, that when the Dominican Republic team came back, the DR team came back, the mission team, they were pumped up. Why? Because they just were sharing their faith. Grace on the mercy ship is pumped up. I, you know, the, her letters and blogs, she's pumped up. She's so excited. Probably never been more alive in her life. It's because when we're sharing our faith and living out that faith, we, we experience every good thing we have in Christ. I can't explain it. It's supernatural. There's nothing more exciting than sharing your faith. And when you get the chance to, to deliver the baby, to, to uh, see someone come to faith in Christ, it's super exciting. There's, there's nothing like it. There's a joy that can't be explained. It's supernatural. But so many of us miss this blessing. Why? Sometimes we make it too complicated. We just make this way too complicated. It's so easy to share our story. What God did in our life. How we became a Christian. How we put our faith in Christ. It, 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 it's, just, it's just sharing our story. Sometimes we just use a track. You know, the, they have the little tracks that explain, may I ask you a question? We have piles of them on the back. They explain very clearly how to become a Christian. How to put your faith in Christ. How to become a new person in Jesus Christ. Maybe you need a little bit of training. The Bixels have this training, the five fingers, you know, and they, you, all you have to remember is you have five fingers. You can lead some of the Christ. Get, get, sit down with them for lunch and buy a McDonald's. They'll do the training with you. Trust me, all right? Do the, do the, do the, do the training with them. But, but we make it too complicated. It's really just sharing the story of what Jesus has done for us. Also, I think we often let fear stop us. Anybody ever afraid to share your faith? <laughs> we let fear stop us. But what are we really afraid of? We're afraid of rejection. Right? I mean, really, that's what we're afraid. We're afraid someone's going to reject what we're trying to share with them. But the crazy thing about that is it's not our job. The, the, what they do with what we share is not our job. The results are up to God and, and to their heart, up to God, and it's between them and God. Our job, our responsibility is just to share it. And all we, we have to do is throw out the hooks, throw out the seed, throw out the hooks, whether you're at a soccer game or whether you're at a, with your neighbors or whether you're at school or a job, you have a waitress, that, you know, you're out to dinner. It's, it's just throwing out little hooks and see if, throwing out the seed, throwing out the hook and see if they bite, see if there's a spiritual interest, see if they're at a place where you can share more with them. It, it's really just natural to do that. Someone's sharing, they're going through a hard time. Hey, I'll be praying for you. And if there's a little spiritual interest, they'll say, thank you. And, and you'll get, get to talk a little bit about some spiritual things. If not, it's okay. He still said, I'll pray for you. There's nothing, there's nothing to be afraid of. Or you mentioned church or youth group or the mission trip. Or, or There's all kinds of things. And if they respond, you interact. If the door is closed, don't push it. 
let God work some more. But the more times you say, hey, I'll pray for you, pretty soon they're like, thank you, thank you. And it, it, it's just a natural thing. And there's no reason to be afraid. This is why. We're not selling anything. We're not, it's not costing them any. We're not trying to manipulate them to give us money or something. We're not selling anything. We're giving something away. We're offering them something free, something awesome. We're offering them the cure to the, the worst disease imaginable. And we're giving it free. It, 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 so just, just keep that in mind that it's, it's, there's nothing to fear. It's, it's between them and God. We're trying to give something away. And the best hook, the best hook, the best seed that you can sow is your life. It's our life. When they see our life, our changed life, people, you won't have to be throwing out hooks. They'll be grabbing a hold and saying, what's going on in your life? What's happening? That's the best hook imaginable. So sowing is a joy, but it's also a job. It's a very important job. In fact, I'm just going to jump over here to John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, it says not only is it a job, but it's a hard job in a way. It's a blessing, but there's also a, it's hard in the fact that it's important and it's vital work. In John chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus says this. Do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. Now get this. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. The sowing, the plowing, the planting, the weeding, that's the hard work. See, everybody is excited about new Christians. And I am too. I love it. It's awesome, right? We're excited about converts and numbers and, and that. But the hard work is the planting. It's the planting. It's the plowing and the planting and the weeding and the watering. That's the hard work. And so many of us just want to see People come to Christ, which we all want to see, but we want to see it, but we aren't, we're not doing the work that has, that has to go into it, the hard work. We, we are a lot like this youth leader I had one time. His name is Jay. I'm just going to use his first name, Jay. I was a youth pastor, and Jay was my youth leader, one of my youth leaders. He ended up becoming my youth pastor when I started at a church. And he, we, he was doing, did a great job with the youth group, and we, we, we had a youth group that was on fire. It was just on fire. It was crazy. Kids were bringing friends constantly. Kid, people, kids were getting saved every week at least a kid got saved. It was just wild. It was like a, like a mini revival. It was super. And I would, they would, these kids would bring their friends and they'd witness to them. They'd bring them and they'd talk to them. And, and, and they just really worked hard at getting their friends there because they were so excited about Christ. And I used to see kids get real close. We'd have this prayer time, discussion time. And I could tell when kids were getting close. They'd be coming for a week or a month or whatever it was and, and I'd see they were really ready to become a Christian they were just waiting just they were ripe the fruit was ripe right just waiting to be harvested and I would say to the the friend I'd grab the friend after YouTube and I'd say your 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 friend that you've been bringing is ready to accept Christ yeah I think so I said well what are you going to do about it when are you going to talk to them when are you going to share how to become a Christian when are you going to pray with them and, and help them with that oh, I'm just a little nervous say, well, I, I'll give you a week I used to say, I'll give you one week, and then I'm going to do it. Sometimes they were so ready, I said, I'm going to give you one day. I'm going to call them, and I'm going to do it tomorrow with them. 
I'll give you one day. And I was really trying to spark them to do it because I wanted them to get to do it. I, I could have prayed with them, and it's, I love to do it. But I wanted them to experience the harvest. I wanted them to experience the joy of leading some to Christ. So I gave them a chance. And, and I would give them a week. And then I would do it because these people are ready, right? And, but, but not Jay. Jay would, see, Jay would see the youth leader. He would see somebody close. And he would know they're just ready to accept Christ. And he'd say, oh, do you need a ride home from youth group? I can give you a ride. Don't call your parents. I'll give you a ride home. And Jay would get him in the car and he'd drive him home. And then he'd come back. That night I'm in the gym cleaning up and getting ready. And he'd come in with this smug look on his face. And I'd say, I know what you just did. Cherry picker. Because he was just ready to pounce and lead him, you know, and he, he was just, you know, he was a cherry picker. And we used to have the, he was hogging all the fun of leading people to Christ. There's a lot of cherry pickers out there. There's a lot of us. We just, you know, we want to see new Christians, but we don't do the hard work. The plowing, the planting, the weeding, the watering is vital spiritually. And we may not see the, the results till we get to heaven. Chuck Harrison, who I mentioned earlier, he witnesses the thousands of people a year, literally thousands. And he's lucky if he sees a couple people except Christ. But I'll bet something someday when he's in heaven, he's going to see a lot of fruit. He's going to be able to connect a lot of dots to the seeds that he is sowing. And if you need a, if you need a, a jump start on witnessing or you just want to go out and have a good time, it sounds scary, but it's not. People come flocking. They, they have this ministry. People just come up just want to talk about God. Go out, you'll make Chuck's day, and, and, and it'll make your day too. Just go out and spend a, a night out here with the witnessing. There is no spiritual harvest without the witnessing, without the sowing, through, without, through the word, through our lives, through praying for people. There is no spiritual harvest without that. It has to start with the sowing. William Carey, who is he a famous missionary to? What country? Oh, we got to get going on missions here. William Carey was uh, the first missionary to India. He, not the first, first. Thomas, the apostle Thomas was the first, but first in uh, more modern times. And the 1600s, 1700s, somewhere in there. And William Carey, he went to India and, and started the uh, uh, huge mission organization in time. But everybody is famous, famous guy in missions. He was in India for seven years. Before he saw his first convert. Seven years. The USA is a lot like that India now. We are, the USA is hard ground. Hard ground. We need sowers now more than ever who are willing to do the hard work. I remember when I was a young teenager, we'd go out witnessing door to door using evangelism explosion. People accepted Christ all the time. They were just ready you couldn't go door to door now in most communities. You know, it'd be, it'd be like crazy. It's hard work now. I'm not saying we shouldn't. We can still. But my point is it's a lot harder now. It's a lot harder. It's hard work, but we need to be doing that sowing. Relationship evangelism, are we sowing? 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul says, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says, I'm just going to quote it. Uh, he says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. 
We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are Christ's ambassadors. Christ is, is now in heaven, but he is sending us. Ambassadors are sent. We are sent to implore people to come to Christ. We are the, we are the, the ones. Are we ready? Are we able? Are we willing to do that hard work? Are we praying for the chances? Are you praying for the open doors? I, that youth group I was telling you about, I remember when, when the revival started with that group, I remember challenging them to share their faith and to witness. And a lot of them were like, well, you just don't get any chances. There's never any chance to share. And I said, and I challenged them. I said, have you been praying for open doors? Start praying for open doors to share your faith. Ask God for the opportunities. And keep on asking. Because if you do that, I guarantee he will be happy to give you people to witness to. They came back the next week with story after story after story. I was getting my hair cut and the barber started asking me about church. I mean, they started telling me, I just couldn't believe the stories they started telling. Open doors everywhere. Ask God to give you open doors. He is happy to do that. And and are we doing, are we... Are we doing that hard work? Are we sowing? Are we go out with Chuck Harrison if you need an open door? He's got lots of them out there, believe me. And then not only that, are we after they come to Christ, are we keep on doing the hard work? A lot of times we get a new you know, churches, I've been in them before. You get a new person, they become a new Christian, and, and they're like, drop them, drop them like a hot potato. That's great. Here, sit in the pew. Let's go on to the next person, right? But it, no, no, it's just catching the fish is just the start. You gotta clean the fish, you gotta cook the fish, you know, you know Jesus and the fish illustration with the fish, fishermen, fishers of men. Now, that's just a start. The hard work does not start, does not stop once they come to Christ, but there's the discipleship process, the spiritual mentoring process, where we help them with the rocks in their life. Remember the dynamite story? We help them with the thorns in their life, we help them to reproduce themselves. Who are you impacting? Think about your life. Who are you impacting in your life spiritually? Maybe you are the one who needs impacting. Maybe you are the soil that is ready to receive God's word. You're ready to put your faith. You've never put your faith in Christ, but you're the one who's ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ. The Second Corinthians 5.20, we looked at, but you back up a couple verses to verse 17. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Maybe you need to become a new creation. And the first step to that is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. A couple verses ahead. Look at, uh, bounce ahead here to verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God took our sin, all the rebellion and the garbage and the disobedience in our life, and put it on Jesus Christ on that cross. He took our, he was our substitute. He was our ransom. He took our place on that cross so that we could become righteous in God's sight. So we could become right in God's sight. So that we could have a relationship with God. Then he goes on to say, as God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Is this the day of salvation for you? When you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray.
as we go to this time of prayer, I want to speak to those who aren't sure of their relationship with God yet. I want to speak to you first. Maybe you know about God. You know Jesus died on the cross for you, but you've never put your faith in him and given your life to him. You've never become a brand new creation in Christ, which we all need to do, every one of us. But you can do that right now. The Bible says now this is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Is it your day of salvation? Your day when you become a Christian. Your day when God becomes your father, not your judge anymore, but your father. Your loving father. Right where you're sitting, you can pray the prayer of faith. It's not a magic prayer or a magic ritual, but something like this, that God, I... I ask you to forgive me. I repent of all my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I put my faith in your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for me. I put my faith in Jesus, and I'm going to follow him. I give my life to you, God. I make you Savior and Lord of my life. If you've prayed that prayer, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, has now come into your heart and into your life. And you may not realize it yet, but something radical has happened. You have become a brand new creation, a brand new person in Jesus Christ. Let me know, or if you came with a friend, let your friend know, or a family member, let somebody know that you've taken that step so that we can encourage you and be excited for you for the rest of us as we finish this time of prayer how is God speaking to us who are we impacting who is God calling us to show the love of Christ to to sow the word of God to will we pray God Give me chances. Give me open doors. Lead me to people to share the love of Christ with and to share the word of God with and to even see them come to Christ. Will we pray that prayer daily? Father, that's a scary prayer to pray because then it means we have to live <laughs> for Jesus. So we have to live out Christ. It's, because if we're going to be talking about you, we're going to have to be living like you, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in our church. Many people would hear the gospel, and many respond to it, and many come to Christ. We pray for a revival here in New Hope. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.